What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of your favorite show, Blunt Instruments Podcast. We got a hell of an interview, again, with a hell of a guy. Before we get into it, let me introduce you to my co-host, Lorenzo from Omega Bond Watches. What's up, pal? Hey, Luke. How's it going, man? How's your day going? Not too bad. Thanks for calling me Luke since I realized I didn't even introduce myself. I appreciate that. It's all good. <laughs> um, everything's going good, man. So, uh, so yeah, we did this episode with uh, David a few days ago. And um, the episode, as you can see from the title, is all about mannerisms. Yeah, it turned out really good. Turned out really good. And, um, you know, as usual, whenever we end up doing anything with David, there's a lot of good points made. And you can fi- you find yourself just, I don't know how to say it, you, you're just, the, the juices are flowing. You know what I mean? The ideas are there that, you know, you're just able to really feed off David's energy. So I love having him on. Yeah, David's a, David's a professional and he's, you know, really well-spoken. And, you know, I just love hearing his perspective. I, I think it does definitely come from someone who has seen quite a bit and has experienced quite a bit of life. So I do like um, David's perspective on just about anything that matters with Bond. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. So without further ado, we'll jump into the mannerisms um, interview with David, and then we'll see you guys after. Well, David, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for coming back. This is uh, your second time now, and hopefully a third is on its way soon. We've talked about some other stuff, but um, you and I were talking offline about um, some different topics, and uh, do you want to kind of... yeah you know, talk about what gave you the idea to do this. Cause you, this was your, this topic was your idea. So if you want to kind of touch on it real quick. I mean, the, the gestation of it is kind of interesting because it came from our first conversation when we talked about kind of just mannerisms. And that's, that's the, that's the topic of conversation today where we talked about bond as almost a template that, you know, there are things, whether you're watching the movie so much or you watch a clip or a trailer, you just either, organically or purposely start to mimic Bond's Mm -hmm. mannerisms and adopt them as your own. And before we get into like examples of what we're talking about, because Luke, I mean, you've, you've then talked about it in subsequent podcasts, Lorenzo, you live it every day. So this is a perfect conversation. Uh, I kind of want to talk about the philosophical aspect of this, because there are people out there who will say, and maybe should say, oh my gosh, are these guys aping James Bond? Are they mimicking James Bond? I mean, don't they have a life? Don't they have their own authenticity? And what I would Mm -hmm. come back to them is something that um, a lot of behavioral scientists who work in my company talk about, which is you are made of a composite of your experiences. Nobody is born running the way they do or positioning right. their hands or talking, you know, with their hands or curling their lips when they're upset. Nobody's born like that. You adopt those over time. And much like mm-hmm. when we talk about style and watches and accessories, we are a composite of all those things that we love, adopt and watch. So why wouldn't James Bond mannerisms just be a natural approach to that? I mean, when I open a door like uh, Pierce Brosnan and Goldeneye, open the door, you know, on the, uh, on the boat that he was on when he kind of plants, you know, his feet, he does the horse stance. He brings mm-hmm. his arm over. This is going to be great for the podcast, but I'm actually miming this. <laughs> and, and he opens that door. 
I took that on because I thought that was a really badass move. I didn't sit there and practice it in front of a sliding door. Just yeah. the next time or two, I started that. Now it's just the natural way that I open the door. So I think that's how this whole thing, this whole conversation was born. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, see, when you put it that way too, it's interesting because, um, you know, there's the obvious, uh, you know, like when you're, when you're a baby and you're being raised by your parents and your peers, you know, even just down to how your voice sounds like your parents may be from England, but they moved to the state. So you hang out with your friends and you've got this muddled kind of half English, half American, but it's like, when you, when you put it that way, it's, it's interesting to think that even at, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, you're still adopting mannerisms and traits from, you know, film and peers. It's interesting. Yeah. They, so just one last thing, and then we won't be so heady. I swear to God, we're going to get into James Bond. But statistically speaking with behavioral science, they say there are two points in your life that are very informative when it comes to mannerisms. Uh, seven years of age, meaning zero to seven, is the most informative sponge-like years. That's where you get most of your mannerisms that you'll have to the day you die. From mm -hmm. seven to 35 is what's called emulation mannerisms. That's when you start to adopt things that you see in people that you respect, in your boss, in your siblings, and yes, in your movie idols. Mm -hmm. And from there, it starts to actually wean, but you guys are firmly in the most informative years to, to I'll, I'll use the word weaning off of uh, <laughs> Daniel Craig and others. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's a topical conversation. I mean, why do you think I have a maroon shirt on today, David? Because of why? people I respect, such as yourself. And this is again, great for the podcast where they <laughs> yeah. can't see any of this. Yeah, and Lorenzo, and it's funny because when, when Lorenzo starts to talk, you and I will just be staring at each other, nodding. But um, <laughs> so before we get into it, this question I've been wanting to ask you ever since you know, we talked about doing this. And I think most people might think it's a, it's a hard ball, but I, you know, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to handle this with no problem. So I want to ask you as I think is this question and Lorenzo, I want you to answer it too. Sure. I think this is a perfect lead in for this topic. So we'll start with you, David. So aside from the bond experience, the Aston Martin and the sartorial items, how do you feel like you still incorporate bond into your life daily? Aside from those three huge things, it's a little tough, but I know you'll both be able to come up with an answer. You know, I, I I'll answer it in three different pieces if that's okay. But mm -hmm. if you point me to one, I'll, 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 I'll guess one. Um, number one is attitude. You yep. know, the whole idea of nothing can stop you, you know, trying to be the number one, um, mm -hmm you know, perseverance, dedication, all those things. So attitude is definitely bond-like, you know, uh, that uh, yeah. you've talked about it, I think on, a, on a, a recent podcast where you talked about that whole attitude of being calm and cool when everything else is chaos mm -hmm. around mm -hmm. you. So attitude is number one. But, but another one that I'll have to throw in here is mannerisms. You know, there yeah. are quite a few things and that's, I'm absolutely subconscious of at this point. I mean, there are so many things. And, and by the way, I've, I've come prepared for chili reception. Um, I've made a, a list <laughs> of the mannerisms that I do on a daily basis that yeah. I bring to the table that has nothing to do with watches or an Aston Martin or my collectibles or watching a movie. It's something that's become intrinsic in who I am. Okay. So yeah. And that's, that's the perfect way to answer it because obviously, like I said, I think it would tie in 
if you eliminate the sartorial items and what we do as a hobby slash living with this community, then, then you really have to, you know, take a look inward and see what about bond, you know, you represent every day. So Lorenzo, I'll ask you, obviously the sartorial aspect, sub subtract the Omega bond watches and your entire collection doesn't exist. <laughs> How do you feel like you do, do the same? Um, so other than David taking all the great answers, like bond plays a big part in all of our lives, obviously. But, um, again, for me personally, it takes, I take little pieces from that and I take pieces from other things. Um, for me, it's more about, I live more of a mentality. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think I focus more on the, the thought process of bond when it comes to like, Hey, when I'm around people, um, that I'm not familiar with, I'm very, um, I make sure I hold myself to a higher level. I always try mm -hmm. to elevate myself because there's nothing worse than being around people you don't know and just coming off. Like you don't know what's going on, you know? So right. for me, I really focus in on just trying to be just professional and, and, and put together. And when I speak, I'm articulating what I'm saying and I'm, I'm being, I'm finding a level of communication with this person that I understand who they're who they are potentially and who I, and I know who I am. So for me, it's more mental. I, I focus more on the mental aspect of how bond treats people around him. Um, right. And I love how he looks put together mentally. And for me, like, yeah, then you get into the little mannerisms of like, like this is a habit I picked up and I, I can't remember, remember which film it's from. I think it's Kwame Souls, but he, uh, he thanks him when he says, thank you, dear. And like that has, somehow worked its way into my language now so anytime mm -hmm. i'm dealing with a stranger of some sort i i always say oh thanks dear or or you know like whatever it is and yeah it i find it very intriguing like how those things make it into your daily life but um right. for me it's that is kind of the aspect and and the way i go about it yeah see so for me i would say um you know obviously the episode, the mannerisms is, is key, as you said, David. But for me, one of the things that I've actually didn't even notice that I've started doing is, and, and as you know, we've talked about in previous episodes, I've said this, even which will be when this episode comes out, the previous episode, um, I start, you know, Casino Royale started influencing me heavily, like around the time I started dating. So when I was maybe... 17, 18, I wore my emotions on my sleeve, both sleeves. And now my current girlfriend will be like, why are you always just so calm? Like, it's honestly kind of really annoying. She's like, this doesn't bother you at all. Like you can't. And I'm just like, because I mean, what are you, what are you going to do? So I think somehow over the next 10 years, I've gone from being this overly emotional young teenager to just really analyzing the situation and thinking about all the different paths it can take and how one should handle that situation. And apparently it's worked. And I, I will say I, I would attribute it to just life experience and trying to emulate bond. So with that said, David, you want to kick off the mannerisms? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's interesting when I started to make a list, I wanted to be a little bit thoughtful of this. One of the things I realized is there's mannerisms that are purposeful because I've studied them and not studied them to say, oh, look, I'm going to practice these. But 
I've noticed them and studied and then I've applied them. And then there's ones that just organically have happened. And I'm like, oh shit, that's a bond thing. So the number one thing that I thought of from a mannerism standpoint, which I'm doing it right now, you can't see me of course in this podcast, but is posture. Every single bond, no matter which actor stands nice and uh, excuse the pun erect, nice and straight. He keeps mm -hmm. his back straight. He doesn't slump. You know, when he's sitting down, he doesn't lean forward. He doesn't lean into the conversation. Watch Bond. He never does that. He never has his, I hate to say it, elbows on the table. He is mm -hmm. sitting with his back against the chair. When he's in a car, you know, you see so many people like hunched over the steering wheel or leaning into their wheel. His back is straight up and down. When he stands in a suit, which helps when you wear a suit because it kind of forces you to, to stand with good posture. But what I've done is, I would say even in the last four years, especially, I've made a study of catching myself, making sure that I don't slouch. I mean, I'm not a tall drink of water as it is. So I'm trying to get number one, as much height. And from a positioning standpoint, that what I call that James Bond posture, which is kind of owning the room, but throwing your, throwing your shoulders back, showing your chest and making sure that your posture is perfect. Because I'm telling you, shape, size, color, creed, religion, it doesn't matter. Bad posture is everywhere. It's bad mm -hmm. for you and it ain't bond. So it's one yep. of these things that I purposely worked on from a mannerism standpoint. That's a big one for me. I struggle with that one. I think it's honestly, I think it's from playing hockey all my life. You kind of just develop it, but mm -hmm. you know that, I mean, and it's like, for me, it's like trying to force it. I can really feel it like pinch, you know what I mean? In the, in the middle of my back. So that's, I, I literally wrote a list have need to work on and it's top of the list <laughs> posture <laughs> and and it feels unnatural that that's the thing when you first i remember doing this again a couple of years ago when i kept catching myself and then fixing my posture it felt weird it felt mm -hmm. like there was something wrong with me like i was some sort of like weird ostrich half so you're saying ostrich. when you when you're in the proper posture it was weird or when you were back slouching it was weird. no no when i did the proper posture at first it felt weird right now when i start to slouch it feels weird yeah, and that's what I was going to ask. I can yeah. easily pull myself back. So you'll notice in pictures, in videos and everything, I am literally throwing my shoulders back a little bit to help my posture, my spine stay straight up and down. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm writing that down. Star, star, <laughs> I think, star. I think with the posture thing, David, I think that's like a, a great thing to practice because me, myself, I actually don't do that enough. So I think it is a more of a conscious effort that you need to make to work on that. I'm sure you could, you know, can kind of get a little more into how you focus on that. Like, is it more of like in these certain situations you like really directly focus on it? Like you said, with the pictures, or is it something that you've had to start out that way? And then over time, it's just kind of become a natural habit. Yeah. I mean, definitely over time, it's become a natural habit. There are devices out there that are very good. There are like these suspender things. There's these this little machine that gives a little beep when you're when you start slouching. I mean, if someone really needs help. But honestly, the thing I started to do was when I was sitting down at a meeting, or if I was doing something, I would actually visualize myself as a third person. And I don't know if you ever do this when you think about clothing and style, like what you might look like to the rest of the world. But with posture, you can do that too. And I realized that, oh, David, you're, for the rest of the world, you are slouching. You are not exuding confidence. 
you're not giving off the, you know, the performance you want. So yeah, I, I just started catching myself. And the more you catch yourself, it's, it's the same way you get rid of saying the word um and like. Mm-hmm. If you listen for um and like in your speech, or you have a good friend who goes, eh, every time you say um and like, you will correct yourself from doing it. Yeah, that's an interesting one. So one of the ones I wanted to bring up is, and this one, I'm very interested in getting your opinion on David, because every time I say this, and Lorenzo and I have had this conversation in the previous episode, we've had it privately. It's so difficult because of what Bond is at the end of the day, being an assassin slash spy. But one of the biggest things that I take from him is manners. Because at the same time, he is a proper Englishman, gentleman. I mean, this guy, the way he dresses, the way he speaks to really anybody that he's not trying to kill. But I mean, it's a, it's a thin line or it's a fine line because of what, what the character is. But what's your opinion on just if, if I were to say like similar to like what Lorenzo said about thank you, dear, or in Casino Royale when she says enjoy your say, he's like, thank you, I will. Or he says, I will. Thank you. That's something I personally say all the time. So as far as the manners of Bond, when somebody says, I try to take my manners from Bond, does that sound ridiculous? Or do no, you- no, it's absolutely perfect. Think about his cover. First of all, he's a gentleman spy, gentleman assassin. I mean, that's how mm-hmm. he's described in that. But his cover is usually as a rich playboy, a socialite, magnet of you know industry, they have manners. They've been brought up in a certain social environment. They have money in many cases. So, I mean, being that surround sound, if he came across as a palooka, then nobody would buy his cover. So he's been trained. I mean, he's gone to a proper school to understand that manners, I hate to be like this, maketh the man in the Mm -hmm. same vein as (laughs) just making sure that, um, you fit in with the rest of the culture. And the other thing with manners, I think manners in general is one thing you can emulate from Bond, you know, outside of like assassination and misogyny that everyone universally appreciates. Other cultures appreciate it. Other, uh, the fairer sex appreciates it. So I think manners is one that is, it's not crazy to adopt. I think it's probably amongst the top five should be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and for me, it's, it's, it's number one on my list of things that I feel like I've, I've picked up, but anytime I talk about it, anytime I try to explain it, it, usually on the podcast, it just always sounds a little far-fetched just because of, you know, the, the, the historical aspect of like the womanizing and the killing and whatever the case may be. But, you know, at the same time from Sean to Daniel Craig, they're all still gentlemen. Absolutely. Um, Lorenzo, I want to ask you, what is one that you have? What's a a particular mannerism that you've been thinking about? Uh, The one that kind of sticks out in my head is I I like whenever I'm at dinner and we order a bottle of some sort. I love to refill people's glasses. That's like one thing. I just wrote that down. I just absolutely, I absolutely love doing that. That's a great one. I feel like I feel like it's a lost art. a lot of people don't really it's almost like in your head you're like hosting so like i always mm-hmm. love to beat someone to the bottle just to kind of be like hey you know let me top you off there you know like 
it, it's just, you know, and then you get your little wrist roll in when you're finishing off the wine, kind of like Bond does in Casino Royale. So mm-hmm. it's just like a very swift, like direct movement. And it's a gesture of kindness. So like, yeah. I really love that one. That's so. a great one. I, you know, it's so funny too, because I do that as well. We probably all do, but I didn't write it down because it's such an ingrained part of me. And I definitely learned yeah. that from Casino Royale and Quantum too, you know, when he's it's, out there with, with Mathis. Um, yeah. Wow, that's a great one. Yeah, I mean, I was literally, so I'm sitting here, Lorenzo, this is why you and I are pals. Oh, um, because of my, my bottle skills? Well, I mean, we <laughs> all, first kidding. off, we all know you do it. We all know you do it with your left with your left hand so people can see that watch with the with the wrist roll at the end like, i would real. never dare attempt doing it with my left hand i'm right hand dominant but, uh, and i am not about to spill all over someone's white dinner jacket or anything like right, that <laughs> right but no i wrote it down and i was thinking literally david as you said casino royale with the wine on the train i that's the three of us are perfectly in sync with this one so um so i got another one and I will send you guys a picture as I'm explaining it, but I, I'm sure I don't need to. But um, it's the the Pierce Brosnan face touch. He's always got this very, you know, so I'll send you guys both a picture, even though I know you know what I'm talking about. This one is one that I've picked up, and I'm, I'm going to have to say I probably did it on purpose at first. You don't need to send a picture. I know that move yeah. so well. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I will say... And I want to hear kind of your reasons and when you do it, but I purposely do not do anything, whether it's Bond or anybody else, that touches the face. Mm-hmm. Probably because um, being in the pharmaceutical arena and working in dermatology, I know that the, the, the crap you pick up, sometimes literally, on your fingers, touching your face gives you every kind of skin issue, redness, right. eczema. Uh, acne, everything like that. So the more you touch your face, you know, people wonder why they have acne on their chin. And they're Mm -hmm. like, I don't understand. You can't see me podcast land, but I'm I'm sitting there touching my chin like Pierce Rodden, why I have acne on my chin, or I'm going like this in class and clasping Mm -hmm. my cheeks. So it, it is just a great way to get most of the ailments and most of the diseases are transmitted through your fingers as well. You pick them up through your right. fingers and you transmit them onto your face and to your eyes. So right. I try to keep my hands below the belt. That didn't sound good either, but you know what I mean? No. Are <laughs> <laughs> there now, now a parental advisory needs to come up? But um, I do know the move you're talking about because he does it really good in the world is not enough when he's yes, in the beginning there. He's with like, the glasses. He's yeah. like, I just want a name. Yeah. So the, the picture I actually sent you guys is a picture from the Sean Connery AFI Lifetime Achievement Award um, ceremony. So this is when Andy Garcia is giving his speech and they show Pierce a couple times. And the reason I sent that picture is for two reasons. Number one, because it, it flat out shows you exactly what yeah. all three of us know what I'm talking about, but it's an, an example. But two, it shows you that this is a... I won't go as far as saying a conscious decision he made for the character while playing the part, but this is a Pierce Brosnan thing. This isn't necessarily a Bond thing. He brought but for himself me, to the table. Right. But for me, when I watch it, I mean, I agree with you. I, I, you know, thankfully the acne is very clear, but it's, and it's <laughs> rare, but it's like when it's, I think the only time I ever do touch my, like I don't ever sit like this or I'll ever be like yeah. this. And at dinner, like I'm very present 
but I think the only time is if I don't know, but it, it's always just the Pierce bras and like very subtle. Yeah. It's just been ingrained, you know? So Luke, I'm going to dovetail off of that because I have one written down here that it ladders perfectly from what you just said, because it's mm -hmm. the same scene from the world is not enough. And that is, I sometimes wear eyeglasses. Yeah. And so I will take off my eyeglasses, fold them up and use them a little bit like a mini pointer or look mm -hmm. through them and tilt them when I'm trying to make a point in a meeting now. And I, I'm, I'm not kidding. I started to do this way back in mm -hmm. 1999 from The World Is Not Enough because I loved the way he used these glasses, not just as a Q-branch tool, but also yeah. as a way to punctuate what he was saying. So when all eyes are on me in a meeting, I'll do that. I'll take off my glass and I'll say, look, here's the deal. I think what we're talking about, and I'll start folding them, looking through them, I'll put them down on the table and they become a prop. Now, part of that is probably psychologically, you know, uh, I was going to call it a whoopee, but it's like a pacifier for me. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's that little thing to put me whoopee. something in front of me. But you know what I'm talking about. Believe it or not, that's not the first time I've heard David say whoopee. I love it. That. That's, that's a David word. That's a I'm David contractually word. obligated to say it three times in every... Yeah. But I mean, I love, oh, I, I, love I love that whole thing with the eyeglasses and, you know, just anything like the whipping off of his sunglasses, the way he treats eyeglasses and sunglasses, you know, quick whipping movements. I think mm -hmm. I've definitely adopted those mannerisms from yep. Craig, from Brosnan, from a lot of the bonds. Yeah. I mean, and it's interesting too, because that it's it's similar to the the baseball cap and no time to die as you hold up the no time to die cup um it's it's you know i know there's been you know roger moore had a cap on at one point in time however you want to look at it but bond wearing glasses it's just one more piece of the puzzle you can add to your wardrobe and then how he hands handles them is one more mannerism you know look at this guy speaking of <laughs> you know sunglasses. what i mean so yeah speaking, speaking of, of sunglasses speaking of, so one of the ones that, um, and I've actually been called out for this. So it's, it's a fun one, I'm going to tell you. And I'm really curious mm -hmm. if you've got the same thing. I've been told that I walk like Bond, like there's a swagger. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's typically, it's kind of like Daniel Craig, Sean Connery walk of where the shoulders don't move that much. It's like a marching band thing, but the hips kind of swivel. So it's not mm -hmm. like doing that whole, like walking like an ape move. It's actually walking with purpose with the tiniest bit of swagger. Again, posture straight up and down, but the shoulders don't move that much. They don't like rock back and forth. They kind of stand almost straight. Right. Uh, and and I, I've, I've been told that it's like, they're like, Zeritsky, oh my God, you even walk like Bond. And I mm -hmm. think I may have actually done that on purpose. Um, yeah you know, but kind now of do it that subconsciously, but now I do it subconsciously. Like it's become my walk. You know, right. it's, I, I don't even remember how I walked before, but I, I tried to, I remember, I mean, this is when I was like a little older than you, Luke. I mean, I was, I was young, um, mm -hmm. where Appreciate as that. a young executive, I kind of remember like people watching other people walk to and from meetings and through mm -hmm. the hallways and like, just, like almost like too rushed and panicky and things like that. And again, slouching. And I remember mm -hmm. looking at Connery and Thunderball, especially. And when he walks across in Shrublands, oddly enough, 
with my shrubland shirt on. Um, mm. He has this panther-like walk. He's almost like he kind of darts one hand in front of the other very slightly, but he almost moves his upper body at a different pace than his lower body. And mm -hmm. it's fascinating to watch. Craig does the same exact thing when he's mm -hmm. not beating somebody up. He's got this really right. interesting walk. It's the same walk that a suit, a good fitting suit, makes you do on purpose. Right. Right. Because I've adopted that into my psyche and style, it's become my walk. Like I'll never mm -hmm. get rid of it. What about you? So, well, that's interesting because, so I think for me, it's more of a situational thing, but that's just for a lack of um, kind of like the wherewithal to make sure like, Hey, like focus on this for a minute. And because if you just like anything, you, if you ingrain it, if you beat it like a dead horse, eventually it becomes part of how you, how you move. Um, but to piggyback off that, I know that when I am, and I don't even want to say wearing a suit, I don't even need to take it that far. I could say just at like a nice dinner or, you know, one thing my dad always told me, he was like, when you're, when you're in a store or when you're, especially like in a nicer store, um, you don't need to be touching everything. You know, I've, mm -hmm. I had the, I had the, the luxury of, you know, throughout my childhood, my parents would take me to Hawaii every year. And we would go, you know, right down the main strip on Waikiki and Oahu. There's all these high-end stores and we'd be in these stores and he'd be like, don't touch that. Don't touch it. So it's like more of like a hand in your pocket or just, you know what I mean? It's just a gracious, like an observation. So when I'm doing something like that, by default, you know, I've got the left hand in the pocket, you know, I'll kind of like lean over, look at something mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, you know, rather than be like, oh, this is, wow, this is cool. And I think the walk, naturally follows but i can say for me and obviously putting in the work on column this the purposeful you know a, adaptation of the walk is yes. something i definitely need to work on but one thing to to kind of piggyback off it is this is a deep cut but in skyfall after he gets done talking to silva in the cage m walks out i think like tanner walks out and then Bond walks out. He's looking one way, but walks the other way. And he does it just for a second. It's like a quick like glance, walks this way, and then walks back. Something about that was so badass to me. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's weird because it's hard to replicate. But in that moment, he's standing up tall. He's got one hand in his pocket, you know, shoulders back, just like you talked about with the different speed. Like it looks like his upper portion's not moving mm -hmm. at all. And, you know, so there, there are elements to it that I've adapted and it's, I mean, it's how many times are you like, okay, I'm going to leave this room and look this way, but walk that way. So now I think it's kind of become, if I actually need to be looking that way yeah. and I'm actually walking the opposite way, it works. But as far as, you know, some of the aspects you mentioned, those are things that are more situational for me. Yeah, and the, the mannerism aspect, this is a really important umbrella because all of these things that you and I are talking about right now are movements. And one of the things I've noticed that, again, fully adopted over the years is watch all the bonds, especially Craig, especially Connery. When they talk like I'm talking to you now, their head hardly moves. They may put their, their, their chin down a little bit and they may look up, but they, their head hardly moves and they don't do what I'm doing right now, which is using my hands mm -hmm. to talk. Their hands 
and arms stay perfectly to the side. They may tilt their head a little bit like I'm doing right now mm -hmm. and kind of like, like kind of like wince their eyes a little bit. But like if you and I are talking like podcast people, you can't see this, but I'm shaking my head. <laughs> I'm throwing my arms around. You would think I'm Italian right now and I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I'm doing all these things. Bond doesn't do that. Bond literally plants himself into one place and he's got what I call an economy of movements. When Bond moves, you know it. And sometimes mm -hmm. you're the recipient of it and you don't want right. to be. But until then, he's like Yoda. He doesn't move that fast. He doesn't move that much. And he's storing up all that energy. Yes. And so what I've tried yes. to get into the habit is if I'm having a very important conversation, I will set my chin down just a little bit. I'll kind of look up over my eyebrows and I won't move that much. And look at the best actors out there. They they act yeah. with their eyes, but they don't really move their heads around that much. It's mm -hmm. fascinating. The George Clooney head tilt. It's a it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Yes. Um, so let me ask you guys this. This one's tough. So this is our. It's 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 on the borderline of a sartorial thing, and it's not a mannerism thing, but it's a. I mean, you'll understand. I'll just say it. So a good tailored suit or a tailored outfit a fitted outfit an outfit that's made for your body as you said david when you're wearing a tailored suit you're kind of forced to walk a certain way but even just the simple fact of putting on this outfit and it's it's fitted properly and you're wearing it properly and the colors match and the patterns are not mixed do you do you it's obviously not a mannerism but do you feel like that contributes highly to then how you carry yourself in that moment? Uh, yeah, 100%. I, oh, go ahead, Lorenzo, you go first. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I, I'll, I'll jump in on this one. Uh, so basically, it doesn't matter if the suit's like, like it matters, of course. Like you buy a Tom Ford suit, the quality's there. But talking about the tailoring of a suit and how it makes you feel and how it visually projects yourself to others, um, fit is to me more important than anything because when you go and get something altered you are conforming it to your body to accentuate your your positive physical attributes and mm -hmm. in turn emotionally you're projecting in my head your best self and so that kind of plays to me into your personality and people when it's so funny like when you wear a suit I just feel like you're treated differently versus, you know, you walk into a t-shirt and jeans it, and it doesn't even matter what the situation is. You could be out to brunch and you're wearing a tailored jacket with, with, you know, a, a nice collared open shirt underneath. And it just, it makes all the difference because you look put together. It's, it's almost like a, a nonverbal cue to others that I'm here. I'm presenting my best self. And it, it's just amazing to me how you're treated differently. But like with the clothing, fit is very, very key um, to presenting yourself. And I think that has an intersevert. Um, it has a good effect on your mental perception of how you're projecting yourself. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and Lorenzo, I mean, because I agree with everything you just said, I, I won't be repetitive. Uh, I'll, I'll marry what you said, though, to the mannerism aspect in the sense that when I wear a suit, there are a whole host of mannerisms that I am almost assuredly got from James Bond, mm -hmm. um, putting on even a jacket 
Um, when I was taught as a child, I was taught to put my arms in the jacket upside down and whip it over my head, I swear to God, as opposed to <laughs> very young age learning from Connery and, and Roger Moore how to put on a jacket one arm at a time to fix you know, the lapel, to get it straight, to be looking at myself, to see how the button stance looks. All that is from Bond. The mm -hmm. you know, straightening of the tie, whether I need to straighten it or not. And, and even straightening out the tie to, to, and this goes back to what you just said, Lorenzo, to be a punctuation of a moment. Um, the mm -hmm. shooting of the cuffs when you're wearing yep. the suit, which is sometimes very unnecessary. But when I shoot my cuffs out of my suit jacket after I've put everything on, to me, that's the completion of the look. Now yep. everything's there. And Lorenzo, you'll love this and appreciate it. But mm -hmm. I'll automatically, and I get this from Bond, check to make sure my watch is showing beyond my cuff. And I'll mm -hmm. shoot it appropriately. I raise my arm up like Bond, just like Craig does. You know, when I do shoot that cuff, I don't do it any differently than what you see in Skyfall. And everything, I mean, the way I hold myself, the mannerisms that I've adopted are very Bond-like. And I, by the way, I think non-Bond style people and even non-Bond fans emulate James Bond when they do this. Uh, if they do a prom and you're wearing a tuxedo for the first time, what music do you hear in your head? Oh, you hear that James theme song. Bond. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I think suits really do play an important part in soliciting those mannerisms that come on board. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually have a question for both of you that I kind of wanted to uh, get, oh. get your thoughts on. Ooh. Um, we're talking about these mannerisms and, and these, and these motions and, and, and how we dress for me. I'm, I'm curious do you feel like when people that are around you often see you doing this stuff, do you think they're like referring to it as a bond thing? Like obviously family members know you're a bond fan, but I'm curious what you get when you encounter someone that isn't a bond fan or knows that aspect of your life. Um, do you think, that, how do you think you're being perceived? Like, I think that is very intriguing to me. I, I want to get your guys perspective on that. Luke, you want to go first? Um, yeah, I'll, you know, honestly, I will just because I think I've got a shorter answer. So <laughs> well, just, I mean, for me, it's, I can tell you because I mean, David, obviously let's be real. The bond experience has been a long standing thing for me. Majority of my friends aren't anywhere near, I mean, not even hardly casual fans. So for me, I will say this in my girlfriend's friend group, because they're newer friends that I've made. And they've been around throughout this journey I've been on with Bond's apartment. They kind of know more about the Bond aspect of my life rather than people I've known, oddly enough, my whole life. So if they see me wearing some sort of brand or something, they may, you know, be like, oh, James Bond, blah, 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 whatever. But that's pretty much it. Um, as far as a mannerism thing, I can honestly say if I were sitting here right now and all three of us were doing video, if I did the Bond, the Pierce thing, I would feel more awkward doing it here than doing it anywhere else because I would think these two gentlemen are like, so is Luke doing this because we just talked about it? Calling you or, out. Yeah. So, but it's like, you guys will know what it is. <laughs> yeah. My mom and dad would right. never, ever, ever know. So for me, it just depends on who I'm with. And um, I mean, and, and to wrap it up at the same time, you know, we all do things on purpose when it comes to bond. We've all done them subconsciously now. 
99% of things I do are subconscious. So if I were called out on it, I'd be like, I honestly kind of didn't realize I was doing it. So that's, that's my answer. Yeah. And I guess because, I mean, Luke, you've, you've fed this answer to me a little bit because I've been doing this for so long, the bond stuff, family members and friends, coworkers, um, clients, they don't look at me and go, he's doing a bond thing because it's the only David they've known. <laughs> you know, I don't right. forget, I started adopting this stuff when I was 31 years old and I'm 53. So everybody in my life, including my wife, has been either brought up with me and has seen the evolution of this. And so it's subconscious. It's not like one day I woke up and it's like, why are you walking with that uh, swagger and talking with an English accent? Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't like that at all. It was a slow burn. But then the second thing is, and this happens as you get older, you really don't care as much mm -hmm. about what people mm -hmm. think of you, which is incredibly handy mm -hmm. with what we do. <laughs> and because of that, if somebody did look at me sideways or something like that, I would be like, yeah, yeah too bad for you. It says a lot about yeah. you, doesn't yeah. say anything about me. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's kind of my answer with that. No, nobody calls it out. Now I will say this, when I wear a suit or you know, even Danielle sees like a new sweater, first thing anybody who knows me says is, what Bond movie is that from? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> but that's different. Mm -hmm. That's a different yeah. episode. So one thing I wanted to touch on too, because Lorenzo, obviously you need to answer this question as well. Um, David, what, what time frame, age-wise did you start to notice yourself? And I'm being dead serious. Yeah. Start to notice yourself kind of start to stop caring because for me, it's actually already started to happen. I don't think it's like a, you know, <laughs> I, like it's, I think it's, tied to an, a, a number for sure. Yeah. But I also think it's tied to experiences because I tell my girlfriend's only three years younger than me, but there's a huge difference with what she lets bother her versus what I do. And that's something we, you know, similar to, like I said, about being calm. I've already noticed that. And people, age is you know only, I mean? age is only one component to it though, because right. it really is how you're wired. It is like you just said, your experiences, your attitude, um, what's transpired with you. I will say this, um, I, ever since I was a child, was considered precocious, uh, talking back to my teachers. Mm -hmm. Now, it is seen as a benefit because of my vocation, running a company, being able to negotiate, to be you know, leading a pitch in front of 60 strangers mm -hmm. that you don't even know. Not uh, and you're asking for them for things. millions of dollars. I mean, it takes right. a certain, it's more than confidence. It takes almost like, uh, these people are not going to give me cancer. So just go for it, uh, right. which is a little bondish. But yeah. I will tell you that I've always had that attitude where it was thought of as a benefit and asset was when I was probably in my very early 30s, like 30, 31, 32, where I was a young executive and had to get up in front of a room of 50 and 60 year olds going, well, who's this green behind, wet behind the ears kid right. who's right. probably been promoted too quickly? And then it's not, it's not obnoxiousness or swagger, but you've got to be confident enough to really believe what you want. Part of that is there are going to be naysayers. So my, my point to you is it was about that age where people said, oh, your precociousness and lack of caring is actually a feature and benefit, not a mm -hmm. deficit, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, no, I understand that completely. For, because for me, it's, you know, when I first started my page, I don't think I ever really had a moment where I sat down and decided like, am I going to 
be a face of this page or is it going to kind of be like a hidden thing? Um, but, you know, I mean, I've posted things that have gotten 400 likes and I've posted things that have gotten 40. And I, I can say even from when I started this in May last year to now, I don't care. And not, and not in a, you know what I mean? Like, I don't give a shit about the people who follow me way. That's the polar opposite. Right. I have nothing but respect for the people who follow me. And I know that those people who follow my page want to see what I post, but if it doesn't get a hundred likes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Cause I've even started posting recently other brands that aren't even in the films that I'm saying, do you think this should be, or could it be, or whatever the case may be? You know, one of the things um, I put on here that I find myself doing, it's, and I think people will appreciate this because I think you and I have mentioned Connery and, and Craig a lot on this podcast so far, but the, um, I, I do this. Now, nobody's going to be able to see this on the podcast, but I do the eyebrow arch, the Roger Moore mm -hmm. eyebrow arch every now and then. Mm -hmm. And I'll do it when like something sounds strange to me. I'll kind of like do that eyebrow arch, which everybody, can you do it? Yeah, you're, you're you're so much better than I am. But <laughs> I I, I can only do, do it with it. one side though. I can't do it with both. I can't Just either. The one. Maybe that's impossible. But I tend to do that when there's like a, a question, and mm -hmm. you know, it's very conscious. Like I know I'm doing a Roger Moore thing, so it doesn't last long. And it's yep. not one of these subconscious things like we just talked about, but yeah, I, I will. Do yeah. So, you, so you're saying someone will ask you a question in a meeting and you won't sit there for like 30 seconds. They'll think I had a stroke. at them. They'll be like, are you everything? Okay. Zeritsky had a stroke are, again. What are we doing behind him? Um, so as far as let's is so, okay. So between the bonds, which one do you feel like you've picked up the most from? And I know the sartorial element has skyrocketed with Daniel Craig, but mannerisms wise. Yeah. It's, would I would say even beating out Connery, who's a close second is, is Craig just because, mm -hmm. you know, 2006 to today were such informative years for me, as far as, you know, going from a young executive to, you know, a codger, um, it's, it's one of these things that I've adopted so much of that, that like one of the things that I wrote down was uh, holding a, your drink. People hold their drinks differently. So mm -hmm. you'll notice that, you know, for example, martini, you're actually supposed to hold it by the stem, not by the bulb or the glass part, right. because it actually warms up your drink, you know, which makes oh, yeah. perfect yeah. sense, hold the yeah. stem. But if you notice, Craig always holds it like, like a goblet. Right. I mean, he just, he just holds it like this, like a chalice. Pierce does as well, right? In the, in Die Another does. Day, doesn't he kind of, yeah. He does. Whereas if you look at Connery and Moore, they do the stem thing. So mm -hmm. I've adopted the Craig thing just because it's more of a stability thing. Like if I'm standing at a cocktail hour, holding a stem is a bit damn precarious. Um, oh yeah. And it's it's a kind of difficult. It's difficult. And Luke, you'll get this too. It's a little pretentious. Like yes. hold a martini yes. glass by the stem and try to see what you do with your other fingers. It ain't mm -hmm. easy. So um, I've, I've done things like that. And even, and I think you even talked about this and I want to find out from you, if you do this, two very important things that Daniel Craig taught me, Daniel Craig's bond. Number one, viewing the room and kind of leaning back, you know, kind of like leaning back on the bar and, you know, just viewing the room and kind of taking mm -hmm. it all in. But the other thing, the most important thing, which I want to talk about is your stance when you're just standing. Mm -hmm. So Craig doesn't do the 
Angelina Jolie, one foot in front of the other stance that I see so many guys do when they get pictures taken of themselves. You know the move. They take yes. their right foot, they focus it this way, they put their left leg forward like it's coming out of a dress. Yep. Don't do that. Yeah, that's a Bob Taggart move. That's a shout out to my dad. He looks like D'Artagnan in his photos. He looks ridiculous. Yeah. And if he he if he was here, he would say, I don't give an F. But the, yep. the reality is, is watch Craig when he gets pictures of himself for promotion, but also when he stands his bond, he does what's called a horse stance. And what mm -hmm. it is, is his feet are not spread wide apart. That's ridiculous. He's not doing a split. He's, he's standing with his feet shoulder width apart, lined up in perfect parallel to his shoulder, either mm -hmm. one hand on his pocket or no hands in his pocket, which I know is hard to do because we're yes. all like, what the? do we do with our hands? Right, right. But it is such a strong move. If you tie that in with the posture that we talked about, you own that portion of the room. And mm -hmm. I've adopted that so much that I have actually had people tell me, like, you know, the way I stand in pictures and things like that, is it purposeful? And I'm like, thanks mm -hmm. for noticing, because yes, it's, it's yeah. a bond move. So I will say that I've, I've looked at you know, in certain pictures, like, okay, the prime example is when, whenever you come on the show or we're doing anything collaborative and I stalk your Instagram to get some sort of promo pick, I'll see some and you stand out in, in pictures of groups of people. I've noticed that in every picture you stand out like, but it's like you, it, there's just like a stage presence there. You know what I mean? Oh, and it's obviously yeah. not like, uh, it's not like, you know, I mean, they're 99% subconscious decisions, but you yeah. definitely, it's not mojo. Trust me. It's a focal point. You, I mean, you can be off, you, it can be 10 guys and you can be like third from the right. And it's still like, boom, you know what I mean? So that's, it's very interesting. Um, I've noticed that standing still is something I need to work on. It's not that I'm uh, fidgety, but it, I do the thing with my feet where I oh, yes. stand on the outside of my feet. So it's like, okay. And I don't know if it's like a posture thing or like, I don't know what it is, but, um, but yeah, I don't think I will say, I don't think I've ever done the foot forward picture thing. Cause yeah. I, I just don't like the, I don't even like the way it looks. If you look you know, at a lot of the Instagrammers right. that you, you call friends, mm -hmm. they have that Angelina Jolie stance. Yeah. I mean, and doesn't always, that make you look shorter and yeah, so many issues. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, it's not a great move. And then also putting both hands in your pockets because you don't know what to do with them. It's not right. a great move either. So, I mean, right. trying to force yourself to stand still and not grope your own body, that's a huge right. thing. So I want to ask you, when you're taking a picture in a suit and you've got, I mean, I guess it wouldn't really matter, but we'll say it's buttoned. If you've mm -hmm. got both hands in your pockets, so naturally the suit is going to kind of flare yeah, because your hands are obstructing it. Do you, do you think that kind of takes away from the aesthetic of just sure. the lines of the suit? Yeah. If you're, if, what I try to do, at least in pictures or in front of people is if I'm in a suit and it's buttoned, I try not to put my hands in there. What I'll do is if I'm getting a picture taken, I'll almost do a stance. Like I'm adjusting my watch mm -hmm. or winding it or something like that. If, if I feel like I need to do something with my hands, but making them push into your pocket making your suit go too tight in the front and flared out on the bottom looks awful. The other thing it does yes. when you do that is it bunches up your sleeve. So look mm -hmm. at, look at a lot of the pictures I take where my hands are in my pocket or doing something wrong. And it looks like an elephant's leg. 
-hmm. Look at the ones where my hands are just down to my side, or if I'm straightening out something and everything is tight. It's flawless. Yeah. It's just, it, but it's part of the mannerisms too. I mean, you know, when you're feeling awkward and you need to do something, wind your watch, adjust your cuff. I mean, mm -hmm. it only buys you a couple seconds, but then try it. Put your hands down to your side and you'll see you're going to be fighting with your body to do something. Yeah. So I've noticed Daniel Craig will do the thing where he's got both hands in front and, and the one, his left hand would be on top. So you can see the watch. Do you ever notice yourself doing that? Just kind of I, hands in front. Not I in the don't pocket? tend to do that. I don't, I don't do the, so you got the, the hands in the back, you know, like the officer attention thing. Mm -hmm. And then you got a hands in the front. I, I'm not crazy about the hands in the front because where mine sit, it's almost like I'm covering my groin. Mm -hmm. Like, there was an excited moment that I have to hide. <laughs> right. So or you wet yourself or something. Yeah. Which yeah. Happens all the time. Uh -huh. Same, same. So um, let me think of it. So back to the martini holding the glass, mm -hmm. obviously there's a substantial time frame change between how it was done originally yeah. and how it is now. Would you ever think that's a conscious decision between Pierce and Daniel to do that? Or do you think it's just a sign of the times? And like, if I, you know, it, cause you could, you could, I don't know. It's difficult because obviously to me, Daniel Craig, and I think Timothy Dalton in there too, those are very like brooding bonds. And Sean Connery had a good mixture where mm -hmm. Roger Moore, obviously not so much. I don't think George Lazenby as much Pierce Brosnan. I, I, it's hard for even as big of a Brosnan fan as I am. It's hard for me to really decide where he's at. But um, to me, it's just different. Is it a different era thing and just the way things were done? Or what do you think the decision was? I, I don't know if it's, if again, I don't, I don't know if it's a time factor or preference and experience and upbringing, because I know for Brosnan, he had this interesting move when he held his, you know, sometimes he would pick up a martini from the top. Mm -hmm. Like you and I would mm -hmm. go from the bottom or Connery would go with the stem or something like that. He literally comes from the top and holds it like a crane. Yeah. I mean, nobody said to him, hold the martini like this. Right. Somebody right. said, okay, grab the martini and start drinking it. So to me, that came from the people, which is why you see Brosnan touch his face in Brosnan's life, as well as in his own bond life. Look at you, mm -hmm. put your hand down. That's yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because. Uh, the the reality is, is he would do that as an individual. So I just think it's preference, but mm -hmm. there's something very badass around Daniel Craig. I hate to put it like this, holding that martini from a stability standpoint, it looks like he owns yeah. that martini. So yeah. I don't know if I've ever become conscious of that, but it's kind of like, I do it like the Daniel Craig way. Yeah. And, and the thing is with Daniel Craig, he's so like, I don't know how big of a friends fan you are, but if you've watched the reunion, I don't know if you have that had that opportunity. I didn't watch Friends it yet, reunion. but I am a fan. Um, in there, uh, Matt LeBlanc talks to David Schwimmer about how he and his Matt LeBlanc and his daughter were in the kitchen a couple of weeks ago and an episode came on. It's an episode when Ross is trying to get the leather pants on. it, And he was like, all these different things you do. He's like, even when you're pulling it up and you you hit yourself in the face, he's like, I know you and I've been with you so long. I know that every movement was planned out to a T. And I know Daniel Craig is a lot like that. So for me, it's like, he is the first bond to really the alcohol abuse and the substance abuse, you know, the alcohol abuse is like forefront a lot. And it's something that, you know, Silva uses against him in that speech and in the monologue. And 
you know, it's read in his file and different things. Do you think it's Bond's like, here's the deal. I know that if I hold it like this, it'll get warm, but I don't plan on having this drink for more than a minute because I mean, think about it. What is it really four sips? And, he, I would and every be, time he drinks, it's a huge sip. So I agree with you that he's the type of actor that really thinks about movement, what he looks like, what he's portraying and projecting to the mm -hmm. audience. I can't imagine in my wildest dreams that he consciously thought about, I know the right way is to hold it like this, but it's right. like this. I mean, he, and, and maybe still is, you know, he's that guy from that, you know, small town outside of London, you know, kind of a palooka, you know, mm -hmm. so, and his character, the way they wrote it, even in Casino Royale, you know, he's got disdain right. you know, for all this hierarchy and pomp and circumstance, but he does it because he has to. So right. I think that could be more the move as opposed to like, well, th you know, this, this is going to be a conscious thing, but it, it does bookend this conversation nicely because I think with you, you and I have kind of made a, a quick study of this. I know we have. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you, you even told me that you noticed in one of my Aston Martin videos when I got out of my car, if yep. my jeans are built a certain way or my chinos, I use the whole heel kick down thing to yep. make it from riding up my socks and you do the same thing. So Every watching yep. other people, it does two things, even Bond. It gives us an affirmation of what we're doing falls within the circle of people we appreciate and sometimes emulate. Mm -hmm. And second, it also gives us a template to do things better or what we would right. consider an improved way, like the posture, you know, like all these things that we're talking about, like not moving yourself so much when you speak like a crazy person like I do. Um, it, it gives us a goal. So I, I think mm -hmm. it's a fascinating conversation. Yeah. So I'll ask you then if, to, to start to head towards wrapping this up. What would you say is your number one mannerism, series long mannerism that you've adopted that um, you think is not only something that you've, here, I'll ask it this way. What is something that you've purposely, like you're like, I need to start doing that. And then has now come completely just part of your daily life, something you do subconsciously, and maybe even don't even really notice it at all anymore. Um, I think it's, it's got to be my posture. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's a study. That is something I very purposely have worked on. And because of that, I don't think about it anymore. It just happens subconsciously. Because I was right. very close to choosing one like opening doors. <laughs> You know, yep. opening doors yeah. like Pierce Brosnan, who opens the best doors. I don't know if you noticed. Yes. Um, yes. But that's something I just subconsciously came to bear with us. And now when I open a sliding door, anything like a French door, it's exactly like Brosnan's move. Mm -hmm. So with the posture thing, did it have anything at all to do with the line of work you're in? Like, did you ever look at it from that aspect, like a scientific aspect? Like you said, like with the face touching, was there ever maybe not a conversation with peers in the business, but yeah. did you ever just like things come across your desk or you hear a study, you read an article and you're like, I absolutely. do this and this is a big issue. Yes, absolutely. The posture thing, um, you know, even the fingers, you know, the fingers and the, yeah, the face touching and all that stuff and, and even biting up nails is just something that I've heard not only, you know, all throughout the ages, you know, stop biting your nails, but also from behavioral scientists who, work for me at my company who say, this is what this is subconsciously telling other people, which is why Bond tends to keep his movements 
at, at, at the slowest, slightest economy, because you, you do project a lot to other people with the way you move and talk. Yeah. And then um, I'll ask you this one, and then we can, we can finish it off here. What would you say is your favorite? So not one that, you know, the last one was something that you flat out adopted purposely. I mean, cause the health repercussions are there with the posture thing. Like that's, that's like a health issue. Sure. What would you say is just like the most fun slash your just favorite to do? This, this is the easiest question. And it goes back to the <laughs> wonderful question about the suit and mm -hmm. the whole shooting of the cuffs. You know, that whole yeah. last moment when you have everything on and you're looking at yourself and you shoot the cuffs and you adjust your watch and you're ready to head out into the world with whatever it's going to deliver to you. That is by far my favorite Bond mannerism. I love it. Well, David, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, the time goes quick, man. Thanks for having me on. It does. It does. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And um, obviously, we've got another thing planned in the near future. So we'll look forward to that as well. Good. Speak to you then, brother. So once again, that was David Zaritsky, and that was all about mannerisms. So Lorenzo, I want to get your take on this. So, well, let's just go ahead and say, like, I was semi-present for that recording. <laughs> yeah, we just had some technical issues. So I want it. We're going to circle back. And, um, you know, because Lorenzo's obviously got some good points. He's got his own ideas on different bond mannerisms. So let me just ask you this. We'll just we'll just jump into it as if now I'm just interviewing you and your take on mannerisms. The first question I want to ask you is as far as your daily routine, and I know there's things you touched on in the interview with David that we were all able to get a hold of and listen to. This fucking dog won't stop walking in here. What, what do you include in your daily life? And, and you know what? I'm going to even take it a step further. What type of, I want to go gestures, like flat on mannerisms. What literal mannerisms do you use or notice you've done? Maybe not every day, but a lot. Um, some of the things I tend to really focus on are like thanking people all the time. Um, that's a verbal cue. Um, no matter what it is, whether they're handing me something or I'm, you know, giving me something or, you know, performing some sort of gesture for me. Um, I always try to make sure I'm thanking people as I go throughout my day. Another thing is I always, when I walk into a room or I, I'm approaching someone new, I always give, make eye contact and I always extend a hand or introduce myself if it's someone new. Um, these little things, it, it's more or less of like how I present myself. I, you know, I'm very like, very straight up. I'm very, you know, I'm really focused on who I'm speaking to. I'm not like moving around too much. I'm not, you know, zoning out. My eyes aren't wondering. I try to make sure like I really focus in on those things. I tend to talk with my hands a little bit more. I don't know if that's because it's the Italian in me, but. Um, oh yeah, it is. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but another thing I like is. Um, is when I go in through a door, I'm always looking and, and watching to see if someone's coming behind me. Yeah. And I always hold the door open, no matter if it's a gentleman or a lady. And I say, you know, I always give them a, a greeting, like regardless of what it is, it's just like, have a nice day. Or if I step into an elevator, I always greet the people I'm getting on the elevator with complete strangers. But I feel like that for me is a, a, a sign of good mannerisms and, and just like it creates a healthy habit for other people. Like it, it's infectious. You know, you, someone could be having the shittiest day on an elevator and you could come in and say, how's it going? Hope you're having a great day. And it could 
change that person's mentality for the rest of the day just by mm-hmm. you just being a very positive influence in just a short moment. So those kind of things, as far as gesturing, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have anything I can really say that really sticks out in my mind. One thing I like to do is um, sometimes I, I, like David had talked about with the glasses, if I'm in a deep conversation and I take them off, I will start using them as a, as a prop almost or mm-hmm. as a pointing device or to accentuate what I'm trying to say or, or convey to someone. So, I mean, I completely can resonate with, with what David was saying with that. Yeah. Um, my thing, you brought up a good point about looking for people when you're opening and closing a door, or, you know, letting somebody out. Um, last night, literally, we went to, of course, as you know, Don Francesco. And um, I'm walking in and it's that awkward moment where you and the other person is walking to the door from two different angles at the same time. And it's, do I speed up? Do I slow down? Do I let them go? Do I? And it was a, it looked like a mother and her son who must've just graduated high school. And the place, this restaurant we go to, it's closed on Mondays, but every day of the week, it is packed all hours of the day, nonstop. So we're walking in and I, and I can see she's looking at me and she's kind of got this pep in her step, like, oh, we need to get in here before him because, you know, we need to get our name down first and blah, blah. I'm sitting there thinking, first off, this wasn't my first barbecue. I've got a reservation. <laughs> okay. But I beat her to the door. And normally in that situation, somebody like kind of step back and be like, oh, thank you. You know what I mean? Like even before you've even fully opened the door, they know exactly what you're doing. You're reaching, you're reaching for the door. They know like, oh, this guy's going to let me go. This woman didn't say, she didn't say anything. And it was kind of like in her eyes, I think she's thinking, okay, is this guy going to open the door and just go in? Or because I think she had that mentality that she was trying to race me into this restaurant where I'm sitting here thinking, I'm in no hurry. You know what I mean? And it's of like course. that that in itself is to me a bond mannerism, not necessarily not being in a hurry because it seems like he's always in a hurry. But just the fact that it's like, do whatever you want. Doesn't matter to me. I'm just gonna come here, open the door. You can say thank you. You don't have to. I don't care. I'm I'm still gonna make that gesture. So of course I open the door and then she's like, Oh, thank you, sir. And I'm like, Well, I also don't work here, so don't call me sir. But you know what I mean? It's like, even just in that moment, it was like, this person is so, you can just tell she was so anxious to beat me to the door thinking like, there's no way this guy's. And I was just like, cool as a cucumber. Like, nope, you can race on in there, but I'm just going to stand here looking sharp. You go ahead. So I have dealt with that situation numerous occasions. And one of the tricks I have like adopted is as I'm getting to the door, whether I'm, let me get that for you. Yeah, I always hit them with mm-hmm. the, oh, let me get that door for you, sir, or ma'am. And I pull the door open, and then it's just like a classy move. Um, yep. I don't, again, if someone gets in line before me, I really don't give a shit, mm-hmm. you know? Um, there's a situation, uh, when was it? It was last Saturday, we were out with Cassandra and her family and my family celebrating her birthday. We were at dinner. And we had to walk from one hotel to another. And there's this like sky bridge you got to cross. And so we got to there and they're kind of lagging behind. So I get the door for Cassandra and she walks in. And then I see like six couples coming before they were coming. 
And so, you know, like I held the door open and I just, everyone thanked me and I said, have a great night, you know, hope you enjoy your night. Like, like, just like, kind of like, I don't have to do that, but I feel good that I'm doing that. I feel like I'm being a good human, you know? And I think that goes a long way with people um, when you just put goodwill out there in the world. And yeah, it makes me feel very quote bondish, you know, like I feel very like, gentleman-like and i feel like i am presenting my best self but in turn i feel like there's a lot of goodwill happening there and i think Mm -hmm. that's something that you can't like look past either because like i mean mannerisms are not not really focused on in this day and age with our age group like if i'm being honest like no i agree completely yeah i think it's a lost art and people that do do it i think it's um it's kind of like it's it, it it's more or less it, it's a signature almost at this point like oh yeah. that is a true gentleman like this man he has his his mannerisms put together like you know this kid was raised right you know like wh- whatever way you want to look at it for me personally i pride myself on presenting my best self at all times mm-hmm. so me too. Um, whether whether that's through gestures or mentally like or verbally like i'm always trying to communicate to people and show goodwill yeah well said um have you ever heard the story not to take a completely dark turn but you ever hear that story about like the man that jumped off the golden gate bridge and he said in a note or whatever it was that if he he walked from his house with golden gate bridge and if one person said hello he wouldn't do it Mm. and not a single person said anything to him Wow. So, you know, not that that's, uh, you know, it's, it's a morbid example, but it's, it's an example for, for a reason, you know, it's like what the fact that so many people don't take that effort just to extend courtesy to somebody is it's a simple, thank you. Hello, whatever the case may be. It's like, it, it is a very bond thing to do and i agree with you completely that it's a it's a lost art form nowadays but it's a shame at the same time because you never know what can be done by you just simply saying hello to somebody well and i don't want to like take a turn for negative town but i do want to make it known that like our generation i feel like it's been this whole like creeper term has been blown way out of proportion you know like i feel like if you were to engage with like some woman female whether she's whatever her 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 marital status is single married whatever divorce like whatever it is just because you're saying hello does not mean i'm interested and i feel like a lot of women nowadays they they take that as oh this this guy is hitting on me and Mm -hmm. no um i'm happily in a relationship i am just making small talk i'm just trying to be you know gentlemen but it's just this mentality of like if you don't know we don't talk to you and i don't i just think that's sad you know like yeah. for me at the end of the day it's just like what you can't like talk to me as a human being like it's like it, and trust me there's a fine line with that like if you're commenting on her looks or something like that that's completely different but if you're just saying hello <laughs> i mean the worst is when you do that and and the other person just does not acknowledge you. And you're just like, mm-hmm. you just sit there and you're kind of like, wow, you are a 
fucking piece of shit. Like, yeah. like that's literally what I think in my head. And I know it's really like to the max, but it's just like, if I'm taking the time to like, you know, say hello to you or just like give a friendly gesture, all you have to do is say hi back. If you don't want it, like to have a conversation, I'll be able right. to t- tell by your delivery, but right. at least acknowledge my existence. You know what I'm saying? So like, I just, yeah. I I've seen that enough. And like, I've gotten to the point now, like with me and my quote, quote, old age, which is not so old. Mm-hmm. Um, that now when that happens, I just, you know, I kind of just shrug my shoulders. I'm just like, well, there's another one, you yeah. know, and it happens way more often than you think. Yeah. Well, let me piggyback off that because I think I've got a good question to ask you. So nowadays everything is social media. It's video games. It's online dating apps. It's everything's online, everything's social media, everyone's in their phone or their computers. And like, we can talk, I'm literally looking at your face on a computer, but in the sixties, seventies, well, you know, we'll just say sixties when bond was first on film in the sixties, there were no phones, there were no Skype meetings and things like this. So you had to interact with people. You had to be a human being and have human interaction. You didn't have any other option unless you just stayed inside. But if you went outside, you had no choice. Like we're talking, you could be dating somebody like you and Cassandra are dating and you don't know where she is at all times. You can't get a hold of her at all times. You just have to be secure in that fact. You know what I mean? Imagine if we took away everybody's cell phones, you just weren't able to text all day long. People would lose their shit. And it's like, in my opinion, I think, what really makes some of the Bond mannerisms and the gentleman-esque essence of Bond disappear these days is the overwhelming amount of, you know, just like technology. You're able to like speak not in person. You don't, you know what I mean? And then you're so shut off that when you finally go outside, just like you said, if you say, like one of the things I do, especially with Brienne and her friends, is I always compliment them when I see them. I'm like, oh, you look nice. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's not like a, oh, like, wow, damn. Like if Brienne ever dumps me, what's up? No, it's <laughs> a, you never know who needs a compliment. But at the same time, it's like, does it really take that long? And is it that much effort? Just be like, oh, hey, you look nice. Most of, And most of the time, the, sh- the big shame is girls will be like, no, well, you're full of shit. Because they're always looking down on themselves. Every girl is... You know, Brienne, I know you and I have talked about this, Brienne and Sandra both. They're like, oh, you know, I don't like this outfit. And they look amazing. So it's like yeah. people are always putting themselves down. You do it. I do it. One little compliment, even if somebody's like, nah, you're just you're just saying that. You never know what they're thinking in their head. So I don't know if I'm like kind of old school with this, but um, I have this thing where I, um, I sometimes just leave my phone at home. And I know people are probably gasping right now, like, <gasps> like, but the, the reality is, is that I, um, I feel like I want to have power over that and not needing to be connected to my device at all times really plays like a factor in how I live my life. And I don't need my phone by my side. I can go a whole day without my phone and I won't lose lose sleep over it. And I think, I think it's kind of healthy to do that sometimes, you know, and to be in the moment. And the same thing with the social media shit, you know, like 
I don't have to be checking Instagram, what everyone's doing or posting every day or like whatever. It's more or less, I want to be out experiencing life. And that kind of goes back to the mannerisms because I feel like being present in a conversation, and I'm sure you've dealt with this numerous times, you're having a conversation with someone, they pick up their phone and then you lose them. Oh, you're just kind of, you're kind of like, seriously, like what the F, you know? Um, And it, I just, I just feel like people have really become way too reliant on their devices. And yeah, I um, mean, Brianna and I have had arguments about this because we said we started dating a month before quarantine happened. So mm -hmm. then next thing you know, her and I are, I mean, and it shockingly, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a very easy way to figure out if you're compatible or not. And luckily for us, we ended up, you know, getting as close as you could probably get with somebody because of that circumstance. But all quarantine long, we're like, God, I just wish we could just like go to dinner or, you know, and we, yeah, we had the luxury of going out multiple times before everything happened. But then it's like, then when the time finally comes, like if I pick up my phone or if she picks up our phone, then we're like, what the hell, dude? You know? And then in that moment, you're like, well, I, what's hold on a second. Like, I just got to send this that, but it's like, is it really a text that's that important that you can't wait a half hour to send it? You know, sometimes sure. But it's like, for me, it's like it, 99% of the arguments you have, it wouldn't be like, oh, my dad text. It's like, you know, like somebody from like my hockey team, like, Hey Luke, did you have an assist last night? And I'm like, hold on. I gotta, I gotta let them know that I got a goal in my beer league hockey. Like that's not important. You can wait an hour to respond to that text. So that to me is like, that's a big, you know, not so much anymore. We've both gotten a lot better at it. And I'm not saying one of us was worse than the other, but that's, that's one of those experiences where it's like, you know, quarantine happened. And then we all kind of had to detach from all that bullshit and actually spend time with the people we're stuck quarantined with. But then it's like, once you go back out in the world, you had all this appreciation, just overwhelming appreciation for like, human interaction come back and then within like two days you're back just like sitting at dinner staring at your phone you know what i mean yeah so like i make it a pretty big habit to like when i'm at a dinner table i put my phone face down mm -hmm. or i keep Me it too. in my pocket i actually don't like putting it in my pocket because if it buzzes i don't want to like have that in my head like oh my phone went off you know so typically I just leave my, my phone face down. Um, if I am expecting a message, I leave it face up and I let the person, whoever I'm with, uh, I'm expecting a message, you know, so I might have to take care of that. And I do it beforehand mm -hmm. because then it's not, it doesn't interrupt the flow and it doesn't come across rude because you're setting them up for, oh, okay. So he is expecting something that's time sensitive, you know? Right. But for the most part, and trust me, I'm not perfect. I break that rule all the time, you know, but I try to keep be mindful of it and try to work on it at all times. You yeah. know what I mean? Me as so well. That I mean, and, and there's, and there's always, there's always going to be a call or a text that you, you can't ignore. It's going to happen. Right. But you know, like not, not to be like a dick about it, but it's like if Brianne and I are at dinner and she's texting her friend and they're literally talking about hair extensions whatever dumb shit that they talk about that pisses me off but it's like if her mother calls her of course take the call it's your mom you yeah. know what i mean but it's like my, the the issue we've argued about is 
I'm, I'm the same as you where I do my absolute best to make sure that my phone is not a part of the, the dinner, but what my girlfriend struggles with is knowing like, if somebody texts you, say it is just one of her best friends, just like, Hey, what are you and Luke up to tonight? You can say back to her, like, Hey, we're at dinner. You know, you I'll mind get, if I text you in an hour? Yeah. And I'll she doesn't like doing that. She doesn't like doing that. So it's like, well, that's like an anxiety. Like she feels like she's pissing somebody off. I'm like, well, the only person you're making mad is me because you feel like your friends who you've known your whole life don't also take the time to spend time with their significant other too. So the, the, the easiest thing I can compare that to, that is like going into a store and you're in front of the clerk asking for help and they pick up the phone and start helping a customer on the phone. Right. And it's like you're present instead of them saying, picking up the phone, answering it, saying, can I put you on a brief hold so they can deal with the customer that's in front of them? Like that's proper etiquette. Like mm-hmm. you have a person physically present, you deal with them first, the person on the phone, their phone and then, sorry, or they hand it off to someone else. You know, whether they're, they're handing you off to someone else or you, the person who's there needs to be attended to immediately. And I feel like this happened during the pandemic. We did, um, we did dinner somewhere and it was like a reservation. We had to wait outside because of COVID rules and all that. And we put our name in, we're waiting. And so the girl comes up and she'd quoted us like 15 minutes and it was like 25. So, you know, we're getting a little. Like, what the hell's going on? So she comes outside to see her. She goes, okay, your table's ready. But then some guy walks up to make reservations. She completely stops what she's doing with us and starts taking his reservation and listening to what he has to do. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting there with my hands mm-hmm. kind of in there. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, like seriously? Like, like it was just like, I was dumbfounded at how she like missed that she didn't complete the process like she should have, which was deal with the customer that's been here longer and get them seated. Tell the other person to wait, you know, take a moment, take a beat, like explain to them Mm -hmm. the situation. But instead it's like, Oh, your table's ready. Um, You know, or don't say our table's ready, deal with him and then say, Oh, your table's ready. You know, it's just like the, Oh, your table's ready, but I'm going to take care of this guy first and make you wait Mm -hmm. even longer. So I know yeah. it's like, it's a little gripe. It doesn't happen often, but it, it stuck out in my mind. Oh, I've experienced that many times. So to, to put a bow on this particular mannerism, I think we can chalk it up to the mannerism of just being present. Yeah. Would you agree? So one of 100%. the bond mannerisms is just being present. And like David speaks about in the interview, how he's the eye contact is so strong very little movement just of his body at all no fidgeting whatsoever you know and and to me i just keep picturing just a dinner date you know what i mean just put yourself in that situation dinner date you and your wife boyfriend husband girlfriend whoever you're sitting there fiance you're sitting there just don't fidget don't look at everything else just look at her appreciate the fact that there was a point in time when you were like god i wish i could take this girl out you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. you got to continue yeah. to think that way, even if it's four, 10 years later. You know what I mean? So Cassandra, Cassandra has a pretty good uh, saying. She says, we, we just because we're engaged and or when we're married, like you don't 
we're going to continue to date. Like yeah. we're going to continue yeah. to date until, you know, the end of time. So, right. I think that's a really cool saying because I mean, I agree that that is important that you're putting that effort in and, you know, I totally agree with you. Yeah. So one more I wanted to touch on and get your opinion on is for me, I think it's one of the biggest ones that I still need to work on and I work on it every day and it's, I'm trying to word it properly. It would be the ability to slow everything down, your thoughts, your anxieties, everything. So for me, a good example would be, um, I get a text from, we'll say David. Okay. David's David. You know, we both look up to him. You get a text from David and you're like, oh, okay, I got to respond immediately. Right. So one thing I work on is, okay, say I'm driving and I get a text from David about, you know, what we've been trying to schedule. I'm sitting there like, okay, I know this is urgent, but I'm a mile away from home in that car ride. I'm like each stoplight, I'm like picking up the phone, trying to, for me, it's like, you got to work on just calm down, collect yourself when you can send the text, because what ends up happening is I misspell words or say something that somebody might not fully understand. You know what I mean? I know it's, I'm just using that as an example. You can do it face to face, no matter, you know, you're just like that. So to me, it's like when you're meeting somebody that you've never met before and you're nervous, if you just slow everything down, you don't, they don't like, Hey Luke, I'm Lorenzo. I'm not like, Hey Lorenzo, I'm Phil. Yeah. Like, just be like, Lorenzo, nice to meet you. I'm Luke. This is Brianne. Like you don't need to speed talk your way through every situation. Like just because you want it to come off super elegant and suave doesn't mean it has to be fast. And, you know, when my buddy just got married, that was advice I gave him. He was nervous to do his vows. I was like, just breathe and say it calmly and slow. You don't got to be like, I, Luke. But it's like, you don't need to be like, I, Luke. Like, just breathe. You know what I mean? Calm down, take everything slow. So after I bumble fucked my way through that example, take it slow. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think that's um that's a good one also like it, it it's more or less just taking a second taking a moment to gather your thoughts and make sure like you're presenting yourself you know with like proper proper words and, and you come across and like you articulate not articulate i always fuck this one up enunciate <laughs> No, no, no. It's like there's two words. There's like articulate, which is like moving of your hand. You articulate. No, that's like, when you talk to. I think you articulate. I think whatever. Someone's gonna like fucking roast me on this one. <laughs> no, uh, so when you articulate like your words and you um and you just kind of like make sure like your delivery is nice, like it's smooth, it, it's mm-hmm. it's put together. I think that's important. And um it's more or less like taking that breath. Like you said, like yeah. even when I'm talking to you right now, like I, I think, and I like process and I try to form exactly what I'm trying to say. And is there, there's something to be said when you, when you speak and your delivery is just very clean and, and to mm-hmm. a point. So I, I, I totally agree with you on that. I, and I get it that sometimes you know, you're just amped up, like you're pumped right. and there's a lot, you know, on your mind, your mind races and it's 
being able to control that. And, and I think the more or less the, the thing you have to recognize is the recognition that you are amped up, you know, mm-hmm. and like, it's like, Oh, you know what, let's take a beat, you know? So I think that is the skill that, that needs to be mastered, you know, for me too. Like there are times where I get really caught up and I don't really take the time to slow things down. So it's the recognition of, Hey, take that breath. Let's get into mm-hmm. it. So, yeah. Like another, maybe not, I've, I feel like it's a decent example would be say the four of us are hanging out us and our girlfriend's fiance. And Cassandra says something like, you guys should come over Tuesday. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. In that situation, you know how many times I get in trouble with Brienne because we've already got plans Tuesday or, you know what I mean? So it's like, even in that, I mean, it's, it's an example, but it's maybe not the best, but it's, that is one where I need to just be like, these people aren't going anywhere. They want to <laughs> hang out with us. It doesn't have to be Tuesday. You know what I mean? Just be like, yeah, you know, let's, we'll get back to you. We'll see what we got going on because I'll, we'll all be like, yep, let's do it. I'll be making these plans. I won't say anything to Brianne about it. And then she's like, Wednesday is so like with that dog's birthday party, dude, I forgot about the dog's <laughs> birthday party, like 12 times, tried making a bunch of plans, you know? <laughs> so it's just kind of like staying on top of things. But for me, so many different things stem from starting with just like slowing down. You know what I mean? And it's maybe it's not even like how I'm physically saying something, just like the thought behind every action, just think it through, slow everything down and then act on something. So I have a question I want to ask you before we wrap this up. Um, Do you feel like there is a line between adopting bond mannerisms and pretending to be bond? I do. I do. And I, I so, don't think the line is as fine as everybody thinks either. Okay. So can you, like, sense. Can, you can you expand on that thought? So one of the things I can't even remember if it's in this interview with David or if I asked him outside, but one of the things I've asked David is when you do the sartorial bond moments, do you have to go out wearing head to toe the Casino Royale madagascar outfit or will you you know wear different jeans or different you know whatever and he was like well 100 and it's obviously because like well half the casino royale style is kind of out of style so the, i give you that example because it's like that is somebody taking a sartorial moment from bond and making it realistic and it fits their actual lifestyle you know what I mean? And it fits yeah. modern day. So I think people lose that sight with sartorial aspects and with the mannerisms and the gestures and every, every aspect, because to me, you're either going in the backyard and pretending to be James Bond, or you're just out trying to apply certain aspects of a fictional character to your actual life. Because at the end of the day, there's two facts when it comes to James Bond and this community. We're all real people. He is a fictional person. You know what I mean? So if you go out pretending to be a fictional person, you're not living your life in an authentic way. That's my opinion. I mean, I I agree with that. I I definitely think you 
hit the nail on the head. And it just, my in my view, it's more or less like it's good to take notes. I know I said this in the interview. I'm going to say it again. It's good to take aspects and make them your own, maybe even tweak them a bit. And, and so that it's your thing. But at the end of the day, for me, it's, it's a very fine line, you know, um, as far as like, am I dressing up and, and com- be completely becoming a different person than I actually am? That for me is where it falls off. Like, it's like, unless this is who you are, when you're around your parents, you're around your, your siblings, you're around your friends, you know, you're around strangers, like, then you're just, to me, you're just acting, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, it's just kind of sad, you know, it's yeah. just like, it's almost like an identity crisis. It's almost like you're not happy with like who you are. So you're emulating someone that you think is who you should be. Yeah. And that for me is just, it's just confusion, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, um, you still have to be yourself and for me, it's like, yes, there are certain aspects of bond I've adopted, but it's, it's a habit change versus this is what I'm doing because bond does it. You right. know? So I think one of the things that I think is obviously owning all the sartorial things. That's awesome. I have a bunch, you've got a bunch, everybody does, but you know, and I can't even sit here and say like, I wouldn't know what Sunspell was if it wasn't for bond. But it's like, I went out to dinner last night and I wore the sunspot polo, but I didn't wear khaki chinos and brown suede. I wore whatever the hell I wanted to wear with it. And it's like, there's a point in time where it's, are you buying these items and appreciating the brands behind them, appreciating the way he wears it, you know, and, and putting it into your life or is it a costume? You know what I mean? Is this like dress up? Is it Halloween? Well, I'm saying people, people will put on these outfits and then run around acting like they're James Bond. Like as if they've put on a costume where it's like, you can buy the suit from head to toe, but you can still be you wearing that Tom Ford suit. You don't have to pretend you're being Bond in that moment. Yeah. And I think that's, and that's exactly how I feel about it. It's just like, yeah, at the end of the day, you're still Luke. You know, and at the end of the day, I'm still Lorenzo and it's, um, I still, you know, I was raised by my parents. All those things are a part of my life and I don't like, I don't go out and murder people. That's not my job. I don't, I don't, I haven't, my parents didn't die when I was a kid. Like, you know, like there's like, there's like this distinction between James Bond, the character and, you know, you as a person. And unless you've had some very similar tragedies and, and gone through similar life events your personality should be quite different in my opinion you know like you should you know you should have a different outlook on life because the character is built around his foundation of oh he lost his parents he grew up in the military you know he's he's trained to kill like all those aspects make him who he is Mm -hmm. and for me it's like i didn't grow up that way you know right but i still appreciate you know, Vaughn's attitude towards like, oh, I like the finer things in life, or I'm going to be a gentleman, or, you know, like those are things you absolutely can take away from it. But 
it's just like the whole like there is to me there is that invisible line of there is a, a, a aspect that there is too much at some point where you right. are losing your own identity and trying to be something that's not you and i right. think that's something that you got as a human you need to be careful of you know yeah i think one thing too i'll say and this will be my last thought on it is i think a lot of people can you know like you said there's a confusion there and there there's really no right or wrong you can you can you can love the character and do it however you want um but one thing I could tell you is if I were, I'm trying to word this properly. If I were missing out on things because I was too focused on pretending to be James Bond, I know eventually over time I'd, I'd start to regret it. You know what I mean? Like going to a wedding or something and just being so concerned with how I look and every movement and every gesture and every mannerism and every, everything. And you know what I mean? Just putting on this like facade. It's like, yep. then you're not enjoying yep. yourself. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, and like well, we've said about, about your eventual nuptials, that event is going to be filled with a lot of Bond people dressed to the nines, not talking about James Bond, enjoying the yep. fact that there's people getting to meet people for the first time, celebrating your wedding. You know what I mean? It's like, I just feel like when you're, when you're pretending so hard to be Bond in a particular moment or at a particular event, you're not even present for this moment or this event. Yeah. Like it, it just like, like you just lose sight of, yeah. of the, of what, what you're doing. And again, like, it's so funny. Like, you know, I know like a few times in the last the, the free few episodes we've done, we've talked about like, what have you done today? That's been bond. And like, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, there are days where there's absolutely jack shit. I do that's bond. And that's, it's okay. You know, like I'm okay with it. You know, I, I feel like I can pick it up and put it down whenever I want. And, and that is just the way I function. There's it's not right. And it's not wrong. Me too. Like me too. It's just like, you know, and for me, it's just like every day I put on a watch to me, that's my bond thing, you know, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. You know? So let me ask you, what did you do today? That was, that was James Bond. That's it, man. I put on my watch. Or the watch. I wore Give me a better watch. One. So. Give me a better one. Because this, dig deep, okay. dig deep, because it can be anything. That's the whole point of this episode. Dig deep. You got all the time in the world until Zoom kicks us off. <laughs> um, you want me to I start? Think... No, Any I got time? mine. Okay, good. For Go. me, is for me is like I, I got up and I got my coffee, you know, and I, I drink my coffee black. Yeah. Um, but I don't drink it black because Bond drinks it black. I drink it black because I like it black, and I prefer it on ice. I like black iced coffee. That's how I drink my mm-hmm. coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're ever going to buy me a coffee, if you're listening, I take it black with ice. I don't need anything else. Um, that is true. <laughs> that is we bought that coffee is, together. Yeah. And that's just like how I like my coffee, you know? So what did I get that time? Like some weird ass passion tea. It was good, dude. You liked it. it, you, was did good. Like it. So you did like it. It was good. Um, my answer today will be when we woke up before we even started work. Brienne was super stressed about something right off the rip. And I helped calm her down, talk her through it. To me, that's just like, you know, at the end of the day, regardless of what the character is, he's also, if you're on his side, he'll do anything for you, talk you through anything, help you through anything. 
you know, I just keep picture like the Vesper in the shower moment. Like I didn't say Brianne, get in the shower with all your clothes on. Let's turn the water on. But it's like, I made sure she knew that no matter what it is you're stressed about, I'm going to take on that stress for you. Right. And this on a mushy ass note. I love it. Thick balls. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so Lorenzo, any last, uh, any last thoughts on, on the mannerisms? Um, just, a you know, PSA, just be a good human. Um, be aware of people around you think positive thoughts and um, be happy. I mean, those are, those are, I know those sometimes are hard things to really focus on, but again, it, you really do have control of how you feel and it's a choice to be upset or sad or mad or, you know, you know, bored or like whatever you're, you're making that choice. And at the end of the day, you know, you are what you culminate. So right. for me, you know, I choose happiness. I choose to be, to be positive. And again, it's a choice. So I want to end on that. I'm not going to say anything else. Thanks to David. We appreciate you as always. And uh, you, we'll see you guys. Yep. David, you're the man. And um, we'll see you guys next week.